Have you been thinking about starting a podcast but aren't sure where to start? I have to tell you about Anchor. It's a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but with literally one click, they distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more so you can reach more listeners. They make it so easy. It was a no-brainer for us. Try it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal. In previous weeks, we have talked about narrative paradigm, we talked about inciting intent, and all of those things lead us to talk about conflict in the workplace and how do you fight well at work. And so, yeah, that's what we want to talk about today because we think that fighting is actually an okay thing to do at the office. You just got to know how to do it well. So we're going to talk about tips and tricks and best practices for actually fighting at work. Our extensive legal team at PeopleCentric has asked me to begin this by saying, when we say fighting at work, we do not mean going and punching somebody or kicking somebody or committing any kind of physical act of violence. But we are talking about how sometimes coworkers tend to push at each other or get on each other's nerves and argue back and forth. And there's some sometimes some internal drama that occurs. So we wanted to think a little bit about this. So whenever I think of internal drama, I think of our own mm-hmm. Diana royalty. That's who I think of. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. We're really on the <laughs> same. Cussed you guys out right now. We're really on the same page. <laughs> so no, when I say that, I, so Diana and I do not think alike. We think very, very differently. We've discovered that since we probably very first met, uh, but we've worked together for almost eight years now and have become, uh, it's been one of the most effective business partnerships that I've ever had. Uh, and Diana has become a really close friend, but we see the world really, really differently. And I think that that has led to some great collaboration between us, but it's also led to a lot of disagreements. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think there's been times as I think back that Diana and I will see something different or we'll look at the other person and go, I don't understand why you did that. And there's been times where we've kept it to ourselves, trying to avoid a fight because sometimes we think on a team, like we want to get along. So I don't want to poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. And Diana's a bear and she will, she will cut you or maul you, I guess, if I'm going to keep the, the bear analogy. So sometimes it's just better not to say anything, you know, and, and I do own the company. So sometimes it's hard to go to the owner of the company and say, your baby's ugly or whatever the thing is that's wrong, or you've made a bad decision. Uh, so it's, it's easier to put those things aside and not say anything. But I can think of several occasions where one of us didn't say something and then we got burned for it because we were off, not on the same page down the road, or we missed a key insight that one of us could have saved us from. There's been times where we went to run something and Diana said, well, I, I knew that that wasn't going to work or she's going to do something. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of saw that as a problem. And it was like, why didn't we say something? Why didn't we talk about something? A lot of times it's because there's this fear of fighting. There's been times that I think early in our relationship together where we did bring something up and it feels like, okay, there's a little bit of a defensiveness that naturally comes up a little bit of a, why are you saying that? Why, what's, what's wrong? What are you really thinking about? And it can become an us against them kind of a thing, but we did those things and found good results from them and found that it was super valuable. And over the years, I think we've learned to fight in a way that doesn't resemble a fight. There's times where we just sit down and say, okay, I, like today we had a pre-fight. Like I had something that kind of got in my head and I was like, Diana's not going to like the direction I'm headed with this in my head. I knew it. And I actually called Diana and I said, I think you're not not going to like what I'm heading towards here. Help me, help me get out of my own head. 
and so we got to have the kind of this discussion before the fight even broke out. But that evolves over time as you build trust. Uh, so what we're trying to present in this episode of our podcast is the idea that maybe the way that you really build trust is not to not fight, but to fight well and to fight differently. So that's why we wanted to talk about how we fight at work. You know, we talk about healthy conflict a lot as being a part of a healthy culture, um, you know, because people are so... Uh, conflict adverse, but Don, you you had just talked about too. Uh, as far as as far as those those fights, maybe it's, it starts with the lack of communication or the lack of desire to have difficult communication, and we're trying to avoid the conflict. We try to avoid this whole idea of a fight, and then it ends in a fight because uh, we didn't have the com- the communication. Right? It's it's a circular doing the bowl dance. Yeah, the the, the yeah. surest way, the bowl dance, the surest way. <laughs> you have to you have to envision that one at home, reader of somebody mixing the bowl and moving their neck around with it. But yeah. uh, the, the surest way to ensure conflict on a team is to really work hard to try to avoid it. Uh, right. We, we which, see that which, a lot. Which is interesting because that, I mean, the, we, we, we hold it back and I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but bulls, horses, what, are, I don't, what am I doing? Where, where are we going? Uh, you are. <laughs> anyway, right, we're trying not. to avoid this whole idea of a fight or conflict by just avoiding it altogether. And then it leads to an even bigger fight uh, or conflict too. So, you know, one of the first questions I was going to ask for everybody is how do these fights start? But I think, Don, you kind of answered that initially, at least for one of the ways anyway, it's just this lack of communication. You know, communication cures the imperfection there and a lack of communication definitely leads to these these, these conflicts and, and these fights. But what are some other ways that maybe work fights start? One that we see a lot is communication styles that people communicate differently and we don't always understand each other when somebody is a go-getter and they're trying to get something done and I'm an empathizer and I feel like you're not thinking about how I feel about something right now. You're just trying to get something done. And I think that happens all of the time. People are just communicating differently. We're in a meeting and we all have different objectives and we don't know how to move forward because we're all trying to talk about it in a different way. Yeah, I would even lump together like communication styles, which of course, which is one we, we do, but also maybe just differences in personality and how yeah. I want to approach it, not even communicate it, but how do I want to approach a problem or approach a project? Uh, you know, another one that strikes me too is trying to be overly helpful and you you kind of cross into that line of micromanaging you, you're into everything. Uh, I want to I want to be helpful though. You're coming from that mindset and it's just creating these, this, I won't even say fights. Fights might even be a little strong, but it creates division which this division then leads to this conflict. And all of a sudden, you know, Don, you know, like you pointed out, we're not coming to blows, so to speak there, but we are internally fighting. So let's kind of define maybe more of what that looks like. What does fighting at work look like? Yeah, well, hopefully it's not actual fists flying through the air and people bleeding and getting hurt. A lot of times, what's really interesting is a lot of times people will say, well, I had a fight at work. And, you know, we really had this big argument at work when actually when you're watching it from the side, it's not really a big argument. Sometimes the emotions are feel bigger than it really, the discussion really is from the outside. So you'll see the disagreement that happens. And sometimes we'll even hear people say like, I got into a fight with another person at work and the other person is not really even aware that they were in a disagreement. Uh, The the feelings are that much. It's like, it's really about the perspectives coming from different, different sides. So it's more of like two alternative perspectives coming together, but not aligning, bouncing off each other instead of like trying to figure how they can be shared and pick a direction. I think a lot about like when I first started at 3M as an engineer, you know, we work with property accounting. I talk 
talk about that a lot because there was a lot of conflict with that department and there were a lot of fights that we would have because we would just be trying to buy equipment and they would want us to code it correctly for taxes. And we don't care about taxes. We're engineers. We care if it works on the equipment. But with those two different perspectives, it naturally led to a lot of fights and didn't have anything to do with necessarily personalities in that case. It just came from different perspectives. And they weren't fights. A lot of times they were respectful calls. A lot of times the fighting would be hidden underneath the, well, can I tax it this? No, I don't think you that's no, don't do that. Okay. Yeah. Well, can I do it this way? Nope. Can't do it that way. All right. Well, I guess I just can't purchase this. Okay. Well, we'll call us if you need us then. Okay. And then click. <laughs> and you're like, I can't believe that guy. You know, a lot of times the emotions come out after the, even the interaction happens. Well, if I can even back up a step before that too. I mean, even a situation like that, we see that fairly often where a department is frustrated or fighting with another department, there's division. And what, what that a lot of times comes down to is we don't understand what, what each other is trying to accomplish. Why is it that you're doing what it is that you're doing? Sometimes we might see these terms of fights uh, within, within organizations because there's a lack of role clarity with what it is that that person is supposed to be doing. You know, I had this with a, with a city administration that I work with where everybody was just fighting, uh, so to speak, created some serious division with one person. And this one person, you know, from their perspective, they just kept trying to get information. They were just, they had their hands and everything. And then we found out later that this person has some objectives that they're trying to accomplish that nobody knew were approved objectives for that person. And in order to accomplish them, they needed help from other people. That's probably a lack of leadership there of being able to go, hey, you know, we're trying to work on these things. We need, this is why they're asking the questions that we're asking. What are the processes maybe do we need to put in place so we can do this without creating that that division? Let's let's create some good clarity around what it is that we're all trying to focus on here too. So other ideas there about what starts fights or maybe what fighting looks like? Don mentioned it a little bit there, but a lot of times it seems like fighting is different groups talking to, not to each other. So they're fighting about each other. So you talked about different departments, maybe um, getting frustrated with each other. But a lot of times when we work with organizations, when we're talking about people who are fighting, most of the time, they're not even having a conversation with each other at all. They're having conversations with other people about each other. um, And that happens all of the time. Yeah, I don't want to take that element out. That's just part of, you know, the fun office culture. But um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's horrible. Don't do that. But but that's where that's what fighting kind of looks like, right? Where where it's I'm not going to fight with you. I'm going to fight about you, so to speak. Or maybe we're working on the same project, but you know what? I'm not going to be as helpful as I other otherwise would have been because I don't know how much of my time that you you know actually value. I don't I don't think that you actually value my contributions here, and and so maybe we're just not as eager to help in other situations. Maybe that's what fighting looks like too. Diana, you were going to say something. I often see fights when there's change happening. So anytime you're going to like change something that's been longstanding or put something new in, I feel like that's when a lot of fights happen. And I know that's when I get, I personally get really defensive about things that people want to change because I thought very long and hard about what I was putting into place and why I did it that way. And there was reasons behind it. And, you know, and then you come in and you're like, we need to change this. And I, I get defensive about that kind of thing. So I understand where some of that comes from. And when you say people, you mean Don. I meant you. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're getting to it. Now we're getting to it. I love it. So, so I just want to be clear too. We're not saying that there's never a time to fight at work. Right. And I'm using air quotes around fight. Like, is there a time and place that this healthy, I guess, not the division, not the fight, but is there a time that this conflict should happen? And maybe under what, what are some of those circumstances? And I think you said something earlier, Matt, that I think is really key is you said like, well, that's just part of a healthy culture. Like you were joking around because I think we do that a lot. So I've seen people like observe how we work with each other and we work with each other almost like siblings sometimes like poking each 
each other and making fun of each other a little bit and that kind of thing. But I also think that what we have to understand is like we've built up some trust through some real disagreements or real you know lack of direction. And then when you work through that, you start to trust each other's intentions a little bit more. And then through that, then you can handle a little bit of the poking and the fighting. So fighting within different companies looks very, very different. And definitely as we work within different organizations, we see that. If you are used to conflict and handling conflict, then you can kind of poke at each other a little bit. And some of the fights can be kind of fun and part of the culture. But on the same side, like, you know, when we bring on our next team member, we have to be careful of that because we've all worked together for quite a while. We, we can't start at that level because that trust is not built up yet. So I think the way that you fight and the level of trust are very related to each other. When, yeah. when, when the level of trust is high, you can kind of fight more openly and more directly in a healthy way. When the level of trust isn't there yet, you have to be a little bit more cautious about it. Yeah. yeah. There was a organization we were just talking to the other day that discussed this same kind of issue where they were basically, they had this really friendly and formal culture within their organization. But then it was like, oh, well, where are the expectations and where is that line drawn? Because then somebody crossed that line and everybody was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> you can't do that. And so, so sometimes that's really hard to figure out, like, where is that line? And if you haven't set those expectations and created some of, some of those lanes, those lines are going to get crossed and there's going to be fights that happen. Yeah. I mean, it seems like relationship comes before that communication, right? You know, you have to have the, or I'm basing my communication based on the relationship maybe that we have, you know, it's, it's even like when we're working with, with uh, business owners, you know, sometimes we have to deliver some really difficult truth to them. And sometimes they are the reason that I have to deliver the difficult, <laughs> difficult truth. And if that relationship, sometimes if that trust isn't there, the relationship isn't there, it's a lot harder to digest. Whereas if you have a good relationship already, okay, then they know that this is coming from a different place uh, where that communication is coming from too. Yeah. So I think relationships, trust, I think those two things go together a lot. And fight, I think you have to build up the ones through fighting. Like you, it's the conflict that helps build the relationship up. They, they have to go together. Like you have to recognize where you're at. So like you talk about delivering bad news to clients, which sometimes we have to do. And I've had to do that fairly recently. All the other little, little bits of conflict that we could have had or little bits of information or areas potential fights that we could have had all got cashed in in that bigger conversation. So if I had avoided all of them up to that point, that bigger conversation wasn't going to work. But having those little conversations, the little points, it really did build up the trust. Yeah. You know, one, one of the things that we do and that we work with a lot of companies that I think this also helps maybe avoid some of that conflict. If we're saying that, if we're saying that division of that conflict sometimes comes from different personalities, different communication styles, different departments, not having an understanding of what it is that they are all trying to achieve. One of the things that we install is called a core Team. The core team is this cross-functional group with different departments, different levels. They're all coming around the same table to try to solve you know, certain problems or work on projects that will help make the company better. Um, and I think by working cross-functionally on projects every now and again is maybe a good pro tip. I don't want to give my pro tip ahead of time, but that might help with some of the division or some of the problems that might come up with communication later is if we're already kind of naturally used to working together on these different things. I would, I would also say, you know, kind of another point too, is something, I, I guess, are you broken if you find that you are having conflict with X, Y, or Z or this person, like those feelings are kind of natural at the same time, right? Like how do I overcome or how do I recognize those if I find myself maybe in conflict? I find myself in conflict a lot just because of my style, I think. I'll tell a quick story. There was this guy that I worked with years ago 
and I had just started and I was told to do something one way. And so like, I'd go to him and I'd be like, oh, you got to do it this way. Oh, you got to do it this way. Oh, you got it. Every single time I would remind him, like, you got to do it this way. And one time he just looked at me and he was like, I am sick of fighting with you about this. And I was like, I don't, I didn't even know we were. I'm so I didn't know you were even mad at me about anything like I had no idea and so he was like that's not how I like to do it I don't know why you keep telling me to do it that way and I just was like oh well I was told to do it that way I was just following the process like I didn't know you were mad at me this whole time and so I think it does take some of that self-awareness to just sort of take a step back and think how am I interfacing with all of these people and how does my my interfacing look to them and just sort of think about what you're doing when you do those things yeah. It took a lot of courage for me to say that to you, Diana, but we hugged it out and we were fine now. <laughs> it wasn't me, but, but you, you just brought up it. You just brought a new element into it too. This whole idea of emotional intelligence. I mean, we've talked about this before too. You know, some people we were talking about, yeah, you have to recognize where that line is. You've been in a room or in a meeting with somebody that didn't know where that line was and they just step right over it. Now you're guilty by association. Like that can cause some conflict too with that other person if they just don't know, recognize where the line is. And I might, that might be Don, where you want a good, op that's a good opportunity to say, okay, we need to have intentional, healthy conflict right now. So that maybe doesn't happen again. Like, how do we learn from that? Have you ever been in a situation like that? Yeah, I mean, you don't, I, I like to say you don't want to fight angry. That's you have point. to recognize like what your emotions are because your emotions will have you come stronger than you realize you are. People can, you can see the emotions from people. So, so that goes back to that emotional awareness piece. Yeah. And then if, if you are letting your emotions overtake you too much, then it really results you know, in, in negative behavior, you can step over that line. And then if you step over that line in the conflict, it has the reverse effect of what healthy conflict has. It shuts down conversations. It makes people less likely to bring up things. It shuts down communication. So it's just, you, you gotta be careful about those initial responses. Yeah. I, I'll pick on Diana a little bit because it was a funny discussion we had earlier today. But when I called her and told her what I was thinking about doing, and I knew that it was wrong and I laid it out and, and she goes, no, like, that. and she said it so strong. Her dog was sitting next to her, you know, we're on Zoom calls these days and her dog looks up like, oh golly, I just got in trouble again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the same voice that apparently she uses for me that she uses when she yells at her dog. So no, it, Don, no, no, yeah. put that down. You know what you did. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you have to, you have to be aware a little bit of like the internal emotions that are a part of that, that we all are part of, we all, we all have that. So, but don't fight angry when you're, when you're angry, you're not thinking very well. You're using a different part of your brain than the logical part of your brain. You're, you're in fight or flight kind of mode. And we just don't argue very well. In, in we that. refer to that in, in, in emotional intelligence. We refer to that as you're having a limbic reaction. You are having a, the stimulus that just happened and you react emotionally to it. And very, very few you know, positive stories start with a limbic reaction to something. I thought uh, a limbic there. reaction was what happens on a cruise ship during a party where they <laughs> hold the pole across and everybody limbics underneath it. Yeah. Lim a limbo reaction. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think that's a really good point. I'm thinking about though, sometimes we have that limbic reaction when it's really justified, right? Whenever we think we actually, there is an issue that we need to figure out and somebody did something wrong and that's very clear. And we want to, we want to just go take care of it right away. But I think it's a good reminder to, to say, even, even if you are really right, make sure that you're entering into that conversation. Well, if it's an ethical question, right? Like that's a good thing to fight for within your organization, but make sure that conversation is still being handled really well, because you can still go in and have be right in that conversation and not handle it the right way. Yeah. Sometimes those conversations, you know, benefit depending on how heavy it is. 
benefit from having maybe a moderator there for the conversation too, because emotions can can get out of hand at the same time there. So let, let's talk about this as we start leading towards summary here. But what are some, what's, so what's the big deal, right? We understand, okay, we don't want to fight anyway, but you just said healthy conflict is good, but let's actually paint a picture. What are some of those ripple effects, maybe some of those negative ripple effects for fighting at work? What are those things that will will sacrifice, I guess, as a result of not handling these fights at work? Well, I think I, it's a lot of stuff, right? I, I think just makes it all bad all around. If we take kind of the example Don was using about him and I today, we build a better product and we do things better when he and I sit down and talk about it together because we do think so differently, right? So I think he had something in his mind and he was like, I know this isn't as good as what it should be. If I get Diana's perspective also, we're going to build something really great. And so if he was afraid to come and talk to me, or if he thought that I was going to use a dog voice like I did right. um, <laughs> and scold him, then he wouldn't come to me. But because we do, we do fight a lot at work in a healthy way. We we build better things together and we get some more stuff done. And I think it's because of that healthy conflict that we do so much better. Okay, good. Maybe the sacrifice, what else What, what else are we losing as a result of not, mm-hmm. not addressing those? When we don't address the conversation, we tend to, the word tend to... Internalize? No. Anyways, so when we don't have the conversation, then yeah, I think to what you're saying, Matt, is we then we start to build a story because we've never had we never have the conversation with people. And so we we just kind of keep a record of all the things that are that we are that we have an issue with about that person or that situation. And then to your point before, you don't you just don't work well together. Yeah. You know, and 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 if you're the business owner listening to this right now, it's like, oh man, can't they just be adults and get along, right? Can't oh for crying out loud. But here's the thing that you might might want to be aware of like things like productivity, things like efficiency, things like sales and uh, you know revenue. Those things these things are all directly tied to a lack of being able to solve those fights that we might be having at work. We think there is a time and a place to be able to have those fights in a healthy conflict kind of way. And and maybe maybe there's opportunities right now that people who are listening to this going, okay, there's probably something that I need to resolve because I'm not going to be A, happy, and B, you know, I'm, I'm it's probably impacting the company in a, in a negative way. Don? I think that also, Matt, like when you don't get the things out, you know, we talk about venting at work. It creates an internal pressure of like, I've got, I, I'm feeling powerless here. And when people feel powerless about handling a situation, they feel like they have to release that someplace else, which also leads to some unhealthy communication. So then it's, I'm upset. Hey, Bethany, did you hear what Diana did? She's, I've I've got this problem, but I can't even bring it to her right now because she's, now we're talking back and forth about a third party. And that's how things like, you know, rumors start to happen. The rumor mill or gossip starts to happen internally, which are all unhealthy forms of communication because it creates stories across people that aren't even in conflict. It creates conflict where there isn't any conflict. Mm -hmm. Uh, It expands that in an unhealthy way. Yeah. All right. Great. So let's go around the horn here. Uh, Quick tips for how to fight at work. One, and I was just talking to somebody about this because they had a situation where they overheard something and they just decided to go directly to that person the next day and say, they said they had their moment where they felt bad about it. And then they went to that person the next day and just addressed it head on. And I think that's one of the best things that you can do is if you need to take time to that point before to, so you're not acting out of that limbic reaction, do that, take a day and then, and then address it head on and just talk to that person 
person and say, Hey, what, what did you mean by this? And just have that conversation. That's good. So piggybacking on Don's idea of don't, don't uh, fight angry at that time, take a step back, think about it, but then address it head on. Thanks, Bethany. If you can be proactive and build relationships with your coworkers prior to any conflict, you know, try to try to build those strong relationships early on and across departments. Don't just build them with the few people that you're communicating with. Do it across the board so that you have that ready when you need it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And and, and hopefully people are looking at the people that they are managing, that they're in charge of and doing their best just kind of on a daily basis to try to build a relationship with them. Don? Yeah, I, I think that a lot of this goes back to trust. Because I think how we communicate either builds or tears down trust. A lot of times people think there's either trust or either we trust each other or we don't trust each other. But actually we start from kind of a zero sum game. And you can almost think of it as like on one side, there's trust. On the other side, there's like antitrust. Like I don't trust you. You've, you've demonstrated things to me that show me I don't trust you. I can't say things to you. And I think fighting the right way helps push us towards trust. And it's doing the things of like, I love what Bethany said about Sometimes, sometimes people will say, well, I can't get into their head. I don't know what they're thinking. And when I'm coaching somebody in that situation, I go, why don't you know what they're thinking? Like, cause I can't read their mind. I'm like, well, you have an authority on what they're thinking right in front of you in that moment. Ask them, like, what are you thinking? Tell me what's in your head. Just get it out. By doing that, that helps to build the trust up. If we don't have those, it actually builds us towards antitrust. It actually pushes us the other direction, which then you have to overcome that. And that, that makes a big deal. So I think the big takeaway is to fight. Like, like have the, have the discussion, but do it the right way. Yeah, that's good. I, I think for, for me, look for opportunities to be able to cross-functionally collaborate on projects involving other people that maybe you don't normally work in uh, and work with. Uh, that way you're building relationships cross-functionally with the different parts that, that might need to be players on the project that you're working on. And then if you are in charge of a project, maybe clearly outline whose role is what within those projects and, and what it is that we're doing specifically, you know, in order to accomplish together as a team. So hopefully this was helpful. Don't pick fights, but uh, but do look for ways to to resolve those, those work conflicts in a healthy way. Uh, creates a better culture and a better uh, working environment for you. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode about how to fight at work. So there's a few different reasons that we get into fights, right? We have different communication styles, we have different personalities. A question to ask yourself is, are you fighting with someone and not even talking? Do they even know that they're in a fight with you? Are you talking about them instead of to them? There's a really easy challenge right there. Have a conversation. Another thing to think about is, are there changes happening that might be the source of conflict? What's going on around you? What kind of changes are occurring in your environment, in your workplace that might be causing some drama, so to speak? Fighting at work isn't bad, but there is a right way to go about it. So one thing to remember is don't fight angry. That almost never works. Don't fall into that limbic reaction. Again, you can be right, but handle conflict in the wrong way. You can be right, but handle conflict in the wrong way. Don't forget to take a breath take some time and then address the problem that lies in front of you. We hope this was a helpful conversation. We'd love to hear what you learned. Share with us your fights and lessons learned at More Than Work Podcast at People CCG. Don't forget to follow us, subscribe to our podcast, and share us with your friends and coworkers. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas. We'll pick it back up with you the following week.
Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time, and in the meantime, lead well.